is up, bros? I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. Uh, this week on the podcast, we have absolutely nothing to talk about other than our breakdown this week. Um, so we will be getting straight into that. Um, yeah, we'll be getting straight into our breakdown of The Black Phone which we are a little late to the game on reviewing. And we also said that we were going to review Nope last week, so totally won't. That is true. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, we're, we're figuring our shit out. Or so attempting waiting, to, at least. If you were waiting for our review to go see Nope, Sorry, guys. We failed you. Yeah, we let you guys down. But, honestly, what's new? <laughs> I mean, you know, damn. Way to give us credit. God damn it, I F that up. Way to give us some credit. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so without further ado, let's say we just get straight into this breakdown. Hello, my name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so... I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram, at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. Alrighty, getting straight into this week's breakdown. Um, if you guys are new to our breakdown system... We have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final Ombros letter grade. Uh, the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and thrown into our algorithm. It spits out a uh, letter grade when we're all done. So... With that, if you have not seen The Black Phone, it is currently on Peacock to stream right now. Um, you will have to have a premium membership, which kind of sucks, but this movie doesn't, so go check it out. <laughs> it's the same way for Halloween Kills, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, so please do yourself the service of going to check this movie out. Um, like I said, it could be on Peacock. You can probably rent or buy it from other services like Vudu or Movies Anywhere, YouTube, whatever. Has do you use Movies Anywhere at all? Besides, along with Vudu. Um. So Vudu kind of has like a weird thing where some occasionally a movie won't pop up on Vudu. Um. Like 
I'm trying to think of one. Okay, so you remember that Office Christmas Party movie? Yes. Yeah, so that one will show up on Voodoo, or yeah, that one will show up on Voodoo, but it won't show up on Movies Anywhere. And then there's another one where it's like it'll show up on Movies Anywhere, but not Voodoo. So I kind of use both of them. Okay. Are you like? Have you watched anything recently on Movies Anywhere? Uh, not recently. No. Just wondering if you were having any problems with playback, because yeah, for some reason. Excuse me, when I try to watch something on Movies Anywhere, I'll just say, oh yeah, this movie is not built to watch. I'm like, bitch, I bought it. So <laughs> what you tell me that for? Oh, man. So I don't know what's going on with Movies Anywhere. At least for me, it's not working. It's being stupid. Mm. Yeah, I haven't really... Uh... I haven't, at least not that I know of, but I haven't watched anything on Voodoo for a while either. Okay. I need to go in and update that. I'm a few movies behind. Yeah, you do. I, I did uh, buy a movie and add it to your collection last night. I hope that's okay. Oh, yeah? What movie? Uh, Nerve. They had it on sale for five bucks. So Nerve? Was, yeah, that, um, it's, it's based, it, it's in New York and it's that game where they, um, it's like, uh, are you a watcher or a player? And if you're a player, you, like you can, people dare you to. Watchers dare people to do certain stunts. It's with um, Dave Franco and um, Emma Emma Roberts. Oh, I. Okay, I I do remember seeing that movie. Yeah. That movie wasn't too bad. Yeah, right. That's what I thought because. I mean, so I have it, but I guess I never sent you the digital code, so I already knew it was expired. So I'm like, you know what? F it. For five bucks. And I didn't feel like pulling out my Blu-ray to watch it. Right. Um, But yeah, so those are the ways that you can try and watch the Black Phone. Um, But if you have not seen it yet, go check it out. And then come back and listen to this episode because it is super worth it. Um, so with that, Rose is about to spoil the entire freaking movie for you if you have not seen it. So if you listen past this point and something gets spoiled for you, it's your own damn fault. <laughs> damn right. Alright. In 1978, a serial child abductor named The Grabber prowls the streets of a Denver suburb. Siblings Finney and Gwen Blake live in the area with their abusive alcoholic father. At school, Finney is frequently bullied and harassed. He has a friendship with a classmate, Robin, who fends off the bullies. A boy from another school that Finney knew, Bruce, is abducted by the grabber. Gwen, who has psych- psychic dreams, much like her late mother, dreams of Bruce's kidnapping and sees that he was taken by a man in a black van with black boots. Detectives Wright and Miller interview Gwen but struggle to believe her claims. The grabber abducts Robin as well as Finney days later. Yeah, I, he, I'm not saying that like, oh, I know, you know, how to kidnap a kid, but I feel <laughs> I should not have started that sentence with that. Um, but I feel that he abducted these kids way too close together, like. If he didn't do it super close together, they needed to address that. Fair. Because, like, because what was throwing me off is, like, how Finney and Gwen were talking about, like, oh, this, like, 
uh, Bruce's dad's putting up posters again, and I'm like, how long's it been? Like a day or two? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I initially thought. I was just like, okay, so what? What's the time period in all this? Yeah, that that, that would have been nice to know, honestly. But uh, what can you do? Yeah. Later, Finney hears the phone ring and answers it. Bruce's ghost, unable to remember his own name or who he was when he was alive, tells Finney about a floor tile he can remove to dig a tunnel to escape. The police search for Finney. The police police's search for Finney is unsuccessful. The grabber brings Finney's food and leaves the door to the basement unlocked. Finney prepares to sneak sneak out, but is stopped by another boy on the phone called Billy. He explains that. That it is a game that the grabber plays, and he's waiting upstairs to attack Finney with a belt if he leaves the basement. Billy instructs him to use a cord Billy found to get out via the basement window. While climbing, Finney breaks the bar on the window, preventing him from climbing back up. Gwen dreams of Billy being abducted and confides in her father about what is happening. Wright and Miller speak to the eccentric man called Max, who is staying in the area with his brother. It is revealed... Finney is being held in Max's basement, which he is unaware of, and the grabber is his brother. After an agitated exchange with the grabber, where he tests Finney's honesty, he makes it seem as if he would have let Finney go. Finney speaks to another one of the victims, Griffin, on the phone. Griffin shows Finney a combination to a lock and informs him that the grabber has fallen asleep upstairs. Finney sneaks upstairs and unlocks the door, but the grabber's dog alerts him of Finney's escape. Then he flees down the street, but is recaptured. Despondent, despondent over his failed attempts, Finney answers the phone to hear another victim, a punk called Vance, whom Finney was scared of. Vance informs Finney of a connecting storage room he can escape through if he breaks a hole in the wall and exits through, exits through the freezer on the other side of the wall. Finney creates a hole with a toilet tank cover and enters the back of the freezer, only to discover that the freezer door is locked. The phone rings one more time, with Robin at the end of the line. He, conf- he comforts Finney and encourages him to finally stand up and fight for himself. He instructs Finney to remove the phone receiver and pack it with the dirt he had dug up to use as a weapon. Gwen dreams of Vance's abduction. Gwen dreams of Vance's abduction and discovers the property of the grabber. She finds the house and contacts right in Mel. Ooh, sorry. She finds the house and contacts Wright and Miller. Max realizes Finney is being held in the house and rushes to the basement to free him, but his brother kills him with an axe. The police rush to the house that Gwen found, but find it empty. In the basement, they find the buried bodies of the grabber's victims. The grabber attacks Finney with the axe, but Finney manages to trip the grabber with the cord, causing him to fall into the tunnel Finney dug, where the grabber breaks and traps his ankle in the window in the window bars placed at the bottom. The ghosts taunt, taunt the grabber over the phone before Finney breaks his neck with the phone cord, killing him. Finney distracts the guard dog with meat from the freezer and escapes the house using the combination he learned. Finney exits the house across the street from the, grab, the grave sites where he reunites with Glenn and the police rush to the property. The siblings comfort each other as their father arrives and tearfully apologizes for his treatment. Back at school, a confident Finney sits next to his crush in class. Dude, if there's anything 
about this story that I would call bullshit on. And this is even like applying the fact that they have this supernatural element where there's a phone on the wall that's disconnected. Um, I am calling 100% bullshit that Finney was able to bust a boy-sized hole in a concrete wall with a porcelain toilet cap. There's no way in actual hell. Fair. I mean, I feel you're a lot more handy than I am, so I wouldn't have even guessed that. But good to know that that is highly implausible. Yeah, it's porcelain, dude. That shit is so freaking fragile. It is so fragile. I'm like to to think, and like not even that. It didn't even seem like it. It was like actual concrete. It looked like it was like. The the best way I can like explain it is like it's kind of like a cake where it has just like one layer of like solid concrete where it's more like plaster and then it like on the inside is is dirt because he was able to like dig his way through and I'm like eh, no <laughs> and then not even that I just that's like, the shit you're calling out yeah and then just not even that it's just like how perfectly he was able to dig that hole. Like, it was, like, yeah. a perfect square with perfectly straight lines and everything. Like, it looked like it was carved out. And I'm like, no. Like, there's a lot of shit in this that they got right. But this is where they just kind of really dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah. And, and and this is taking into consideration that the, we have a freaking witch child that can see the future. I I will admit I I probably it probably wasn't meant to be funny, but the fact that I think it's like after you know she does all of this praying to Jesus and you know everything I think and when she um comes back home one day, first sentence out of her mouth Jesus what the fuck <laughs> I love so <laughs> that was or does she say hilarious. God I can't remember was no it Jesus she's talking about Jesus Jesus okay oh, yeah oh I left because. <laughs> That probably wasn't meant to be that funny, but that was funny. Dude, that was really freaking funny. I I think they did some like some weird things with the dad. I I like he was a character that I wasn't super for. Like obviously like he's a heavy drinker and whatever and like an abusive father dude i almost started freaking crying when he was beating the sister yeah dude, that was I hard was to like, watch dude, that was super hard to watch and extremely unnecessary very and, like just not even like i don't want to see that shit like not even like that's like not a problem like if if you need to beat the beat a child for story's sake like beat the beat beat a child i don't care <laughs> <laughs> but it just didn't tie into the story whatsoever. It, it it felt so weird that he was like, like he was getting mad because detectives had to come talk to him at his work. And I'm like, so what? Yeah, exactly. Like, Boo the, yeah, I'm like, did the detectives come and like announce it to everyone that you're 
child has visions. Like that's that'd be weird. That'd be funny. Um, yeah. But it, it's just like it didn't make any sense. I'm like, they would have taken him like aside or whatever or something that wouldn't have made it seem so like freaking public. Or it, 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 they made it sound like it was a spectacle that was made of him at work. And so he beats the shit out of him, gets her to be like, my dreams are fake. My dreams are like, dreams are just dreams. And, and then they go on to the rest of the movie. And then she, it, they show that he goes to, that Gwen goes to him again and talks to him about the dreams. I'm like, you didn't need him beating the shit out of her. No. <laughs> like, if, if truly that was like the relationship that they had where he was like that hot headed to beat a child, she would not have gone to talk to him. Yeah, that's that kind of, I mean, it, I... it just kind of made the, the whole, like that conversation about their mother seem super just out there for me. I'm just like, there's no way she, she wouldn't trust him to go talk to him about that shit. Like, hey, you know that guy that beat the hell out of you last time when you brought up visions? Like, now you're going to go have a little chit chat about it with him? No, absolutely not. Ugh. But putting those things aside, this was a freaking solid ass horror movie. It- yeah, it it really was. Um, like, oh, like, oh my god! Like, I can't say enough good about how how good this story is. Like, I, I mean, I will say though, like I pointed out, I don't know why this just bugs me, but just the fact that like he kidnapped these kids just so close together. There had to be someone that would have like seen something and been like maybe somewhat suspicious. Because, like, is it, when they're walking home, is it pointed out what kind of vehicle the the grabber drives? Do yeah, they ever it's the big-ass black van. So they do mention that. Okay, I yeah, can't remember. Like, remember, he's driving the van with, like, abracadabra on it. It's like a big-ass Well, yeah, black no, but I, I just didn't know if, like, it had gotten around to, like, all the kids, oh, hey, this is oh. the, um... No, 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 the they, so, no, they did not know okay. what the guy drove. I think okay. they they just knew that there was a guy called the Grabber out there somewhere. Okay. So I don't think yeah, the kids didn't know anything about that. Yeah. I will say I did um find it very interesting that whenever um the Grabber would grab his next victim that Finney was the only victim that we actually saw the whole struggle of. The rest you literally just see the white van and they're not the white van, the black van in the distance and the kids, uh, walking towards it or, uh, like, uh, that one kid, actually two kids, I think riding their bike towards it. And then it just fades into the next scene. Freaking loved that shit. Yeah. That was really good. So dude, the way he's not very smart about the way he goes about taking them. No, he's not like, I, I'd like, I knew what was coming with Finney, and just the fact that he did it in like broad daylight, like yeah, what especially the when shit? like yeah, when a bunch of other kids were walking home behind him. Yeah, I'm like, dude, serious? 
there had to be at least one kid that was able to get their their parents' attention and the parent come out before he left. Mm-hmm. Someone would have seen something. Yeah. In that situation. But, I mean, I personally would have... I could see how Finny fell for whatever the hell was happening. I don't know how the other kids would have what they would have fallen for because with uh with the with bruce the first kid that we see get abducted or supposedly like we don't see him like get abducted initially but seeing him like riding his bike and it's just the black van making a turn and kind of cutting him off with the with the van so it's like okay what did he do to trick him or did he just like jump out of his van and go like balls to the wall and like kidnap him? I mean, I'm gonna assume the latter, but I don't yeah. know. And then the little the little Mexican fighter kid, like, what the hell did? What was up with the cape? Like, it looked like he was walking towards his van to meet him up, meet up for something. Like, what was up with that? Fair enough. I mean, I don't know. If I, I was a kid, I wouldn't be uh, walking behind alleyways of stores. But that's just me. Um, I mean, we say I, that, but we rode our bikes behind stores all the time. Fair. I also hit a backpack behind a store one time. That was a very stupid idea. Do not do that, kids, because you will get um, the cops called on you because the store will think it's a bomb. So... <laughs> There's a life lesson for you, kids. Who, if, if kids even listen to this podcast, yeah, learn from our mistakes. Yep. <laughs> Can't believe you got the cops called on you. That's hilarious. I know, dude. Like straight up. How it's like long is have, like, it's like? They have the bomb squad there with like the robot all out and everything, and you just like they're getting everything prepped, and you just kind of like walk, grab your backpack, and walk. <laughs> Dude, at that point, if I saw, like, all those people there, um, yeah, I would have just said, all right, F that backpack. There was nothing special in there. I'm, I'm going home. Like, is my name on anything in that bag? <laughs> Thankfully, there wasn't. Yeah, shit, dude. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. But, yeah, so... I really... There was a lot of stuff that they did really well with with this story. Like it was, they were able to build like the tension really strong, and I'll be real. Did with the when they came to to Max, so the the grabber's older brother, and like we're interrogating him, and he was talking about like, oh well these are all the locations that the kids were grabbed and like basically doing all like presenting his, his findings. And then it, it did like the pan down to Finney. Did you think that Finney was in his basement? No, I thought that was just a cool transition to the That's next scene. That's what I thought too. I was just yeah. like, okay, like, Max is on to something. Like he, like I, the way that I viewed that transition was like Max is like right on top of this case. Like Max is going to be the one to freaking crack it. And 
I mean, he, I wasn't completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, he was on top of it. He w- <laughs> <laughs> yep. You can definitely say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love that when he, like, comes down and, like, Storm's like, oh, my God, I knew I wasn't crazy. You know, can't um, come upstairs so I can actually show everybody that, you know, like, something was actually going on down there. I love that he doesn't first ask, are you okay? He doesn't care about the kids' well-being. Yeah, right. Oh. But, dude, um, that axe to the head was brutal. Like, God, that damn. was extremely brutal, dude. Holy shit. Dude. Um, what did you think? I mean, I guess it really wasn't a twist, but like with Gwen having these visions of a particular house and when she finally finds the house and they go in and break into the house, the twist of the kids being like that being their grave, but then Finney's like right across the street from them. I thought it was a great twist. I will say one thing. This is what uh, Gacy should have done. Good <laughs> death. <laughs> he, he did not need the help. <laughs> Fair. I, I'm just saying. He should have had two houses. One where, you know, he ki- one where he killed the kids. And then another one where he buried the kids. Jeez, you know Hell, how much income you need for two homes? Like, come on. Uh, d- did you see how much he was making with his uh, construction company? No, because you haven't oh, released d- that episode yet. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. Oh, dude, man was rich. What John Wayne Gacy actually did, made a very good uh, living off of having his own construction company. Um, so, like, honestly, yeah, if he if he would have buried the one the buried the bodies at one and then killed them at the other. It would have been perfect. And if you ran out of space at the other one, just start burying them in the one that you killed them in. There we go. Problem solved. (laughs) Could have gotten at least another 15, Gacy. That's so (laughs) fucked up. I'm going to shut the fuck up now. (laughs) And Rose is about to get canceled. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We're going back to the All Bro show here. Um, Yep. So it was nice knowing you guys. Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> um, I really, really liked that kind of twist. Because when they went in and the house was empty, I was like, oh, shit. Like, like I thought they were going to do some, like, sort of time travel shit. Where it's like she's having all these, these visions and it's just, like, kind of too late for Finny. One of those things. I kind of would have been pissed, honestly. I know. I, I, I would have, too, when I was, like, I started thinking about it, but I'm just like, gosh, they're going to do some, like, time travel shit or something along those lines. Or maybe, like, the Grabber's actually adult Finny and, fi- like, I don't know. Oh, like, dude, I'd be out if that I was know, the case. I know, it, Like, <laughs> it was a really implausible theory to have. I understand that. <laughs> but, nonetheless, it is one that I had, so... Alright, fair enough. It, it like my theory would have completely like butchered the, how good this movie was. <laughs> but it this was so good. It had like a super solid flow. 
Um, I th- I would say there's maybe one or two spots where maybe it was a, like dragging a bit, but other than that, like it was pretty freaking good. It really was. Yeah. So other than that, I had close to no issues. I mean, other than the stuff that I brought up. Same so, way. where are you sitting at with the uh, story? I am very high. Um, I'm at 95. 95? Shit. Yeah. I was actually just a tad lower. Well, I wouldn't say a tad lower, but I'm I'm sitting at like an 89, personally. Okay. okay. Didn't quite crack um, into the 90s for me. Fair enough. At least just... Just personally, it, yeah, it just I get you, the issues that it brought up, and it's just you know what? I lied. I'm, I'm my issues now that I'm thinking about it because it's like the the toilet bowl thing, like cracking concrete, <laughs> and some of the other like twists and turns that they did. I think that's more of a writing issue than a story issue. So I I'm I'll bump up my my story score to like a 92. All right. So I'm I'll I'll dock for writing. Fair enough. Um but even so the the writing on this was really solid. The dialogue was really good. I think my only pro Problems are some of the stuff that I brought up in story where it's like the dad uh, beating Gwen. Yeah. Definitely I think that was that. very unnecessary. And it, at least, well, you need to either eliminate, you need to eliminate one of those scenes. You either need to eliminate him beating her or you need to eliminate her going to talk to him about her, her dreams. Yeah. Either one of those things, if you eliminate, I think drastically improves the uh the character of the dad yeah i feel i think if it were my choice i would have eliminated the talk about the dreams that way it's like he he beats he beats her they just don't talk or whatever he doesn't go to her and then she like goes behind his back calls the detectives like does all these things and eventually finds finney and they i would say the detectives go to the dad and tell them like your daughter's dreams are what helped find your son and then have him have that uh, that breakdown where he's like i'm so sorry yeah i think that would have worked a lot better yeah it's just they i think it was just lacking a little bit it's just it was odd it was just odd um, oh, sorry. Go no, sorry. Other than than that, can't really think of anything off the top of my head. So, what were you saying? No, I was gonna say I feel the bet. One of my favorite lines from this movie, delivered by Ethan Hawke, was when it's the scene where he um he's asking Finney what what's his name, you know, all this stuff, and he's just like, "Why do you want to know my name? Oh, I'm not gonna tell you." And he's like, "Oh, okay, that's fine. I'll just find out in the paper." They always give such amazing like um info on uh you boys a lot more than what you guys would tell me or and I also get to see what you guys lied about. I'm like, that's so fucked up. 
Dude, it totally was. I was like, oh, shit. Like, and then damn. I started thinking, too, when he started asking that. I'm like, they've waited this long to release a newspaper about him? And then when he pulled it out and, like, threw the newspaper down and be like, called him out for being a liar, I was like, shit! <laughs> I was... Uh, yeah, Dude, yeah, when he throws it out, he's just like, and I was just starting to like you, Finny. I was thinking of letting you go. I'm like, fuck! I know. I we all know like, he wasn't going to let him go. I know. I, dude, that's stupid. one of those things I'm like, freaking stupid kid. <laughs> Just tell him your name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Dude, that was so good. Um, Gosh. I really liked the dialogue that he had, or the, the communications that he had with the past um victims yeah oh my god dude those were so so good yeah the I fact that how um, scary so, they made those scenes seriously the freaking um like the punk rock metalhead kid that always got into fights his like kind of scared the crap out of me if i'm being honest here yep Dude, it was freaking nuts. And but like the fact that like literally Bruce had only been gone for what like maybe a month. That I don't or, know. I don't like know. they, like I said, they this. I this is another thing I'm probably going to dock for. They did not set up a time frame very well. Yeah, they they didn't because when you know he uh Bruce answers first and Fanny's just like oh hey you're you're Bruce we played uh baseball together and we were on separate teams he's just like oh so that's my name i had forgotten it i'm like okay how long does it take for them to forget their name i think that's like an instant thing that's an instant thing okay but at least that's what that i gathered cuz it's like okay it, it he he knows of these kids yeah. Like, he knows all of them. So they are all, they were all abducted and killed within a period of time that he remembers. Like, the punk rock kid. Yeah. Like, he knows of, like, Billy's name, or Paperboy, whatever you want to call him. Like, he knows a bit of Paperboy. He knew, or he knew and feared the punk rocker. Um, Had the interaction Dude. with Bruce. And then, uh, what was his face? The one with the bike lock? Uh, no, not the... Uh, uh, Robin. Ah, yes. Yeah, and then Robin was like... Wait, wasn't the bike lock kid, um... Billy? No, no. Or was that a different one? Yeah, it was two different kids. Okay, was that like the I super the scary that. kid that was like upside down? It might have been. Yeah, I think it's, you're right. Yeah, so um, what I was thinking of was Robin. Um, yeah, the lot all of those interactions were just freaking. So he knew of all of them. He knew all of those kids, in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really scared the ever-living shit out of me was when he was talking to them, and then they would just kind of suddenly appear, but 
but what was terrifying about it is that they were in like this this ghostly form. It wasn't even like like ghosts. So it for those of you who haven't seen it that continue to listen, Finney doesn't see these these people. It's only for us. And their faces are are usually like covered by a shadow and they're just really, really dark characters. And like they they kind of have like a grim reaper feel about them. Um but what I really liked is that when they were talking, you it doesn't sound like their normal voice. Like it 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 sounds like how you would hear them through through the phone. And somehow that made it freaking scarier. Dude, yeah, straight up. I mean, I'm gonna add this with effects, with the effects or the makeup that they had on those boys, like from like the blood from to the dirt, because you could definitely tell that. Like after seeing the other house when uh, where they were buried. Thinking back to um, when you saw them, you're just like, yeah, you, a bunch of like all of them were covered in dirt. You could you could see a resemblance of uh, dirt when they where they had been buried up or yeah. dug up. Sorry, yeah, it was freaking oh, so scary. Yeah, and whatever whichever kid was the one that was like that. Um, Finney ended up seeing the one that was like hanging upside down. Well, because I know he saw him, and then he also saw the paper boy. Are we sure he didn't see them all? I don't think he saw them all. Okay, I think the only one that he didn't see was Bruce. Because he saw, um, oh my god, what's his friend's name? Robin? Yeah, so he saw Robin, he saw the paper boy. When did he he see Robin? Um, uh, that's when he, because remember Robin's like showing him the technique of like step back step forward and then swing of how to fight with the he didn't the see unfold. him like robin was behind him well sorry no i mean like uh like the times that we actually like see their ghosts oh okay yeah so finney didn't see them like we did yeah as yes. as audience members but yeah finney never like it at least he he never acknowledged that he saw them. The, yeah that's true but as far as i know the only ghost that we didn't see was um Oh my god, what was the football player's name? Not football, goddammit. Baseball player's name? Uh, Bruce. Bruce. From what I remember, he's the only ghost that we did not see. All the other ones we do get catch a glimpse of. Yeah, that's what I'm recalling, too. Hmm. Yeah, but, dude, freaking nuts. Yeah. And then, um... I will get into it with, like, costumes and stuff but yeah everything else like there the dialogue everything felt like really freaking solid on that um like we've already addressed the issues that i had most of it was with the uh the dad and maybe some of the detectives were a little like dry like i think they could have made the detectives more memorable characters um but again, that's just a writing issue. So I think I'm going to give writing what I was originally going to give the story. So I'm going to go an 89. You know what? I will match you there. All right. Next up, we got acting, which we have Mason Thames, who played Finney. We have Madeline McGraw, who played Gwen. 
We have Ethan Hawke, who played the Grabber. Um, so those are the main three, I would say. And then we have some like lesser ec- extras and whatnot. Like including the dad, the detectives, um, a couple of the boys that were or victims that were killed. Um, but yeah. So how would you rank the the three, like the three main? Um, number three, I would give to Finney. Um, thought the kid was great. Loved his performance. He was he he did a great job. But I would actually say that I enjoyed his sister Gwen's performance just slightly more. Um, so you're giving feel, her two? Yeah, I'm gonna give her two because I feel it really caps off of how great this this child is as an actress. Is that whole beating scene because you can feel the emotion in her eyes? It's so freaking heartbreaking, dude. Oh my gosh, this this doesn't happen very often, but another we freaking matched up on our top three hell yeah <laughs> number one i'm gonna give to bruce i'm just kidding no number oh, hell <laughs> <laughs> no number one without a doubt it's ethan hawk he is incredible in this movie he's scary as hell um and the the emotion that he's able to convey behind a mask um like with his like eyebrows and everything, like when he takes like off part of the mask is freaking terrifying and just it's so freaking good. He is so freaking good. And so yeah. He is Dude, definitely he, number one. He is haunting. And I don't know if we've ever seen him in I mean, I know we've seen him in a villainous role before with um with Moon Knight. But I like horror wise, I don't know if we've ever seen like he's always kind of played the more or less the victim like what what the bad stuff is happening or who the bad stuff is happening to i don't know if we've ever seen him like in a role like this and he just blew it out of the freaking water he did as far as i know we haven't um but yeah no absolutely agree blew it out of the freaking water yeah he's so just a master class and like you, you stated with the, the mask, like having to act behind a mask. I hear from what I've like heard actors talk about in like interviews with them, acting behind a mask is extremely difficult because you have to put in a lot of like body language that you can't. That unless you're like trained to do it, it can be really difficult. Like I know. Um, uh, Hugo Weaving like had a really hard time with it in Viva Vendetta when he was in a mask the entire time and it was a full face mask but he was like theatrically trained to so he has acted behind a mask before and you kind of have to act with your body when you're being like th- in a theater because not many people can like get close ups on your face like, the only people that are going to see your face are maybe, like, the first few rows. Everyone else is going to be, like, super far away. So you have to act with your body. And he did that amazingly. Dude, and he got freaking yoked for this movie. Yeah, like, damn. 
like which is weird for a horror movie film or we should i mean i don't know when this was shot compared to moon knight but i'm just wondering if he's if he uh, got fit for moon knight and he was coming off of that for this or um what? so moon knight moon knight came out this year right yes so this is a 2021 movie Oh, so he okay, it would have been mind. this, and then he would have started working on Moon Knight. No, okay, never mind. This is this is kind of weird to get yoked for a, a horror film. Yeah, but it but, but, uh, it it worked. Like he wasn't like chiseled or anything. Like for like those that don't have that frame of reference, like he wasn't chiseled or nothing. But he kind of had that like old timey bodybuilder feel where it's just kind of like a big chest and like just a strong core like yeah no no abs or anything but just 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 built and it was so scary to see that so for those of you that don't or that haven't seen it so he left the door unlocked and then he sits at the top of the stairs in his kitchen with a freaking belt and then he's like shirtless and so his so he's like just sitting there in the chair and he his he looks massive the way that they had him sitting and or shot or whatever they he looked freaking insanely big and it was like terrifying because he's also sitting there in his creepy ass mask and it's just, oh. Like, anytime they showed shit like that, that's where I was like, oh, this is going to be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, yeah. Freaking, like, just like you said, masterclass for, for Ethan Hawke. And then, yeah, I think uh, the actress for Gwen sold it a little bit better than Finney did. <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely agree with your your ranking. Um, where are you putting your acting? I'm going to go with 90. That's actually exactly where I'd put it to. Hell yeah. All right, moving on over to character development. But with this being a horror movie, it's going to be the logic. So, how did they follow the rules that they set in place? I feel for the most part they did a great job. I think they did too. Um, one thing that I kind of like began to pick up, like why, like did they? Okay, when Finney was talking to one of the boys and was talking about, like, oh, did you guys hear the the phone? And they said, like, we, we heard it ring, but we couldn't hear what was on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. I started, like, t- putting together that Finney also obtained some of his mother's gift for hearing things. And that's why he was able to hear the who was on the other side of the phone 
Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, kind of like his sister. Like his sister had like the sight and like was able to have like full-blown visions. But I think with Finney, he's just not quite as tuned into that kind of stuff. So it took a situation like this for him to unlock that ability. And yeah, yeah. So they kind of had like that 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 spooky shit. Like the supernatural wise, the only thing that they have is like the phone that rings when um when one of the boys like past victims wants to speak, and then um Gwen's visions that she has and usually they're in dreams but she did have some full-blown visions um like out in the town mm-hmm. so that was really interesting to watch and she kind of was i like how when she was talking to um to Finney about it and saying like oh that's not how it works that's not how it works and then she was able to like hone in her ability all right so um anything else like did anything stand out to you that maybe wasn't quite like on the on the up and up uh, no not really not that i can think of i mean i really want to know what did was it ever explained why he left the black balloons at the crime scene? No, I think it's just his thing. <laughs> uh, that that would have been interesting to see if there was more meaning behind that. Because um, it doesn't want the detective say, like, oh, we found uh, two black balloons at the scene of the crime or some shit like that. Yeah, I think in Fenny's case it was more used as, like, a uh, distraction. So he could, like, full-blown like grab him and pull him into the van that's fair man i i I feel you still got a good glimpse of the kicking legs so i feel that someone probably could have seen that something was still wrong yeah i don't think the distraction was for like anyone else i think it was specifically for the abductee okay like, just to kind of disorientate him? Yeah. At least that's how I, I figured it. I'm just like, okay, he uses black balloons to just kind of, like, get in your face. Because, like, if someone were to just take a shit ton of balloons, throw them at you, and then go to freaking attack you, like, it would take you a second to be like, what the shit? <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very so good I, point. I think, I think that's just what happened. Alright. Um... I this is I was debating on whether or not to dock this in character or the our logic or effects and I think I'm going to do it in logic. I'm going to be docking for the absolute bullshit toilet bowl thing. <laughs> like Toilets have, as far as I'm aware, they've always been made out of, like, porcelain. Porcelain cannot break concrete. I don't care how how you hit it, it's not going to break concrete. So I'm, I'm actually going to look it up real quick, what they used to build. 
Oh my god. I love it. Toilets built in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, because I know that they had the bathtubs back then were mostly like built out of like cast iron. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, if it was cast iron... Yeah, there's no way in freaking hell. Yeah, cast iron toilets look completely different than porcelain toilets. And that is a... That's straight up a porcelain toilet. There's no way in living hell that he would have been able to break open a wall like that with a porcelain toilet. Absolutely no way. And then, again... We're gonna put this to the test. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Yeah, that shit was going to break, or it would have broken very easily. And seriously, unless the shit was made of, like, a super shitty plaster, but it looked like cement. But, I mean, who freaking knows, because on the inside, apparently, it was, like, dirt that he could have dug with his hand. And also that he was able to crack open a hole that was just perfect enough to frame the one thing that he needed to get into the freezer. Like, you can go yeah, to hell. Yeah, that's a plot convenience. You can go to hell. <laughs> Damn. And how did how the hell do you piece together that it... Okay, I was going to say, how do you piece together that there's a freezer on the other side with the... Uh... Um. Uh, with the the outlet, but a ghost told him that there was. So I'll forgive that. But I'm calling bullshit on that, and I'm also calling bullshit that he was able to perfectly like shove the the cable all the way up the the um the rug like because i don't know if you've ever used a cable before but that shit likes to like twist and turn and get caught on stuff <laughs> so yeah i'm calling bullshit on that too <laughs> oh shit yeah other than that i think they did a pretty decent job at like everything else i think Maybe Finney waited a little too long when he escaped the first time, like with the bike lock. Um, I think he waited a little too long to start screaming. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. So uh, with that kind of stuff, especially with how how smart he was he was doing, like the first go around. Um, I think I'm bringing that down to maybe like an 87. Okay. I'll just go up one higher than you, 88. Alright, moving on over to effects. There was quite a bit of special effects in this. A lot of it was, um, gore-related. Um, which I don't know about you, but I had very, very little issue with. Oh, yeah, no, same here. Um, I think where my issue lies is kind of what, what they did with the ghost children. The The kid that was hanging upside down and pointing at the the window, 
yes, he was super scary, but he didn't look super great. Like, I, I couldn't quite figure it. Like, he kind of had a CGI feel about him. Fair enough. At least when you initially see him. Other than... So, not too many complaints there. Um, everything else, like, special effects-wise, I think the... Or not special effects, practical. When it came to, like, fighting, I think the fight that Robin had with, first with uh, that one kid, what was his name, Moose... I yeah. thought that fight was like freaking brutal as hell. Dude, straight up, like, god damn. I love how he points out in the bathroom, oh, I didn't need to, you know, have him uh, bleed, bleed, but, you know, there was a huge crowd, I gotta send the message. So, I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> um, Dude, freaking when he mentions, because this takes place in 78, when he mentions, oh, have you seen the... uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. The whole time I'm thinking, how did they not do, like, have they, how did they not have them talk about Halloween instead of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Considering that's the franchise that Blumhouse, who is owned by, you know, that Blumhouse, who made this movie, is, you know, carrying right now. So, it, I don't know. I've. I feel it, considering that it doesn't really come up, it doesn't, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre doesn't really have anything to do with the plot. Like, it's not like, oh, if you would have seen this movie, you would have been able to uh, pick up on what he did and it would have helped you. Um, Just me being nitpicky, (laughs) not nitpicky, but just I think it would have been made more sense if they would have mentioned Halloween. When, what year did Halloween come out? 78. 78? Yeah. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out the same year? Let me check. Yeah, like... Just thinking, like, what... what, Like, when when did uh, Halloween come out? Uh, okay, maybe I'm wrong here. Because... Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out in ninety or seventy four, and then Halloween I think wasn't released until August. Damn it! So by that time frame, it still would have been a relatively new movie because they had just yeah. started the school year, right? Like I they think they were so. fresh off of summer. Because yeah, the release date for Halloween wasn't until October twenty seventh. Damn. They got you. (laughs) Sons of bitches. I've never even seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, have you? I haven't either. I I haven't even seen the new one on Netflix yet. Uh, I can't believe it's that freaking old. Yeah, no, I think it came out in 74. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, But yeah, I mean, it makes sense that with... So, why he would have seen it in a drive-in theater if they were playing like old scary movies or good point like whatever however you want to justify it there um but yeah so i thought that fight looked super good a lot of the the combat like that they had like any fighting looked really freaking good um even when like i i felt like 
some crazy intensity between the grabber and Finney when they were having that fight. And he, when he kind of got home alone, <laughs> it fell into the, the pit. Yeah. Like I thought that was badass. Like the way that he just beats the shit out of him and freaking chokes him out. I didn't like the, your, the wiki explanation saying that he broke his neck. And I'm like, no, you freaking choked his ass out. <laughs> yeah. He did not break his neck. Yeah. Be, oh, dude, when he was choking him to death, I was getting a little too excited. I'm not going to lie. No, I feel you. Was, I was cheering okay. along right with you. I'm just like, get him, was, get him. <laughs> it was that satisfying. Yeah, is it? Oh, so good. So, lots of props to the uh, the effects department there. Um, But with that, where are you sitting at? Um... Yeah, just because I literally had very little problems. I'd say a solid 90. Actually, you know what? 91. I'm going to go a couple points lower than you. I'm going to go to like an 89. Alright. Like, I, I enjoyed it, and I think they did a lot right. It's just... I think some of the CGI issues that I had were just enough to bring it down a couple points. That's fair. I getcha. Alright, next up we got music. Nothing too... No, it's kind of your basic horror film sound score. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's bad. The score is very good. It's just... No, I mean, it definitely worked for the film. Just wasn't anything special. Yeah, it's it's no, like, uh, Halloween theme or anything like that. Yeah. So I think... Six, maybe? Yeah. I agree with six. Alright, next up we got costumes. So, the big one is the Grabber's outfit. And it's it's his mask. His mask was the shit. Seriously, the fact that it was two parts, too. I love that. Hell, technically, technically it was like four parts. Because he had a bunch of different like attachments for it so he had like the top piece where it was like the devil horns and whatever and then he had a smile a frown and then from a poster that i saw i think he also had just one where it was just blank i like it that shit was so (laughs) scary dude seriously though yeah god that scene where Finney's just like you try to touch me. I'll scratch your. I'll scratch your face up. He's just like this face. He's pointing to the mask. Ugh. I know. I was just like, <laughs> dude. Like, oh my gosh. Just getting back into Ethan Hawke's performance on this. He had such like a childish way of speaking, like a sense of innocence that just made him terrifying. Dude, straight up, and like. Anytime he talked like that, I'm just like, ah, stranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny. Oh. But yeah. I wish that we would have got to see him in, like, the top hat more. Like, that you see on the cover. Yeah, Or, like, I the agree. posters. And I he never wore the glasses. The he on- The only time that he... Yeah, the- well, the only time that he wore the glasses... Um, that I saw was when he kidnapped Vinny. 
Okay, but he wasn't even in like a mask then. It was just no, nah. or just the that one was that one was tough. I think I missed. Out. Yeah, I think I missed that because, like, one you don't really see his face during the interaction, other than like a really quick moment. So I think that's that's maybe why I'm not that's like fair. recalling that. That's fair. But he freaking terrifying seriously though dude like i really liked how when he came down and like he he always kind of had a different orientation with the mask like first time he comes down he's wearing just like wearing his mask and then he comes down again and he's just wearing the smile portion of it when he's watching finney sleep which was creepy as hell very and then comes down again where he's just wearing the top part and then like after he's been like after he lies about his name he comes down and he's wearing the full mask with the frown oh shit where's the like with the frown too like freaking nuts like i'm glad that they didn't force him to take the mask off or give us that moment like he kind of they did kind of give us a Halloween moment, I feel, where he took, or where Finny, like, kicked the mask off of him, and then he was like, ah, like, freaking out. Okay, fair enough. And I was just kind of like, yeah, that felt a little too Halloween-ish. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, Michael's nothing without his mask. Yeah, but ooh, super solid. Um, everyone else, though, kind of average. is just classic, like, 70s kid clothes. Yeah. So, where are you sitting at? I'm sitting at, like, an 8. I can give you an 8. I was leaning a little bit more towards a 7. Just because, I mean, the the rest of the costumes were not, like, anything spectacular. That's fair. But... Yeah, Ethan, I, can, I feel I Ethan Hawke's mask just boosted up the, just a little bit. Yeah. Alright, last up we got our own personal score, so you want to take this one? I would love to. So, overall, this is one of the best horror movies I've seen in recent memory. I had an amazing time in this movie. Ethan Hawke is absolutely incredible and the kid actor kid actors are super good as well um i cannot recommend this horror film enough so i'm going to go a 91 yeah um absolutely agreed had a great time with this movie it it filled me with genuine fear and just overall terror which i think is a hard thing for horror movies to do for at least for me like, horror movies for me, like, they can scare me, but they don't fill me with, like, dread. I feel. Like, it's always, like, that's what I don't like. I don't like being, like, I don't like being jump scared. And just because I, like, my initial reaction to being jump scared is anger. <laughs> and so, like, at the end of a horror movie that's just, like, overpacked with, um, with jump scares it just 
it brings the movie down for me, but this movie did not do that. It filled me with like genuine fear and terror. And I loved every second of it. Like this is what horror movies should be. They shouldn't, I don't appreciate movies that don't earn their jump scares. And wherever there was a jump scare in this movie, it was well earned. So, I mean, it's hard for me to complain about like that. Like I said, being scared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so with that, I think I'm, I think I'm going to give it an 89. Not bad. Yeah, I had a really good time with this movie. But anyway, so to recap, with our highest score category, we have story, leading at a 93.5, followed by writing that dipped down just a little bit, sitting at an 89, acting up one point higher, sitting at a 90, with the logic kind of dropped down a little bit to an 87.5. Um, the effects brought it back up, like right back up in line with acting, sitting at a 90. Um, music, slightly average, nothing too special to talk about, but it fit with the, the scenes. So, like I said, we're sit- putting that at a 6. Costumes average it out to an 8 because of that incredible mask. And our personal score averaged out to a 90. So, with all of that... Our final All Bros letter grade for the Black Phone has come to a B plus. Not bad. Yeah. Um. Definitely not. It's like kind of a mid B plus. So it's sitting at an eighty-seven point five. Okay. So I mean, it's not bad at all. No, no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little lower than I would personally care for, but yeah, like it, let's let's see where it, where it, where it ranks, like with the other movies that we've we've done. So, sitting at an eighty-seven point five, puts it exactly in line with How to Train Your Dragon, the first one. Um, so it puts it below Parasite, which is at an 87.59. Puts it below Rhea and the Last Dragon, which is at an 87.81. Puts it below The Prom, which is at an 88.12. Puts it below The Invisible Man, which is at an 88.23. And then puts it below How to Train Your Dragon 2, which is at an 88.37. So I'm 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 actually really glad that we got another horror movie in this. Yeah. And I would actually agree with this, like that Invisible Man would be higher than this one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um but anyway, going the opposite direction, it is above Freaky, which was at an 87.37. Okay. Um, it's above Detective Pikachu, which is at an 87.31. Um, it's above Total Recall, 
which was at an 87.28. Um, it's above the Willoughby's, which is at an 87.24. And then finally, it is above Psycho, which is at an 87.1. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Oh, and then just for shits and giggles, it is also above the 1978's Halloween, <laughs> which is at an 87.06. All right, now I'm pissed. <laughs> How dare you put this above Halloween? Hey, I didn't do shit. We put it above Halloween, so... <laughs> this is both of our fault. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I was going to say it's your fault for being so harsh on Halloween, but never mind. I wasn't that harsh on Halloween. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. But anyway, so that's where this movie ranks. And I think it has a pretty decent home. Agreed. Like, I think the only one that maybe you could make the argument for is Freaky. But, I mean, the margins are so close. It's not even funny. Are you saying you can't make an argument for that in Halloween? <laughs> Whoa, man. Just because I'm an asshole? No, I can't. We about to we about to throw some fists. I'm just saying. <laughs> Virtual fists, man. Virtual fists. Oh man. Well, anyway, that concludes this week's episode. Um, if you like this episode, want to check out more of our stuff, um, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Radio.com, Spotify, and more. You can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube. Um, be sure to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at the All Bros. Um, yeah, we've been kind of getting super crazy into TikTok, and it's been working out pretty well for us. Yeah. <laughs> so we will continue to be to do that one um but yeah like if you want to hit us up if you have an episode idea uh want to join us for an episode we would love to have anyone on um but yeah you can also email us if that is your prefer preferred contact choice uh the albros channel at gmail.com or head to our website, tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros, where you can find links to everything that we do. Um, so yeah. Feel free to do that. And next week, I am not sure what we'll be doing. <laughs> uh, next week will be a surprise. Yeah, so this one will depending on where it ends up. It's either going to be Nope, which might be a little difficult for me to pull off since my wife is currently gone. Uh, she's on a trip right now, so I can't exactly go to the movie theater whenever I want because I have the editor with me. Um, so yeah. Probably won't be Nope, and... We'll see if it can be Lal or Laal Singh Chada, the basically rebooted uh, Forrest Gump, wherever that 
ends up. Let's see if it where it's going to go. No word on where that's streaming. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but if it's not going to be streaming, we will f- we'll figure something out. Yeah. So Yeah. So you guys can look forward to whatever the hell we do next week. Um But yeah. So with that, this has been the All Bros podcast. I'm Caleb and I'm Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next week. Deuces. So long. Hey, not bad. Thank you.